and welcome to Property Done Properly, the show that explains all aspects of the built environment. I am Ian Rogers and thank you for tuning in today. Please subscribe, like, follow and share this as much as possible so I can spread the word as widely as I possibly can. At the end of the day, when property is done properly, everybody wins. Welcome back to Property Done Properly. Today I'm going to be looking at uh, different types of building systems and trying to compare them uh, so you've got an idea of the various things that are out there for constructing buildings. So general introductions and considerations we need to look at. Um, various types of systems I'm going to be looking at are concrete blocks, timber frame, insulated concrete form, precast concrete, structurally insulated panels, and then a conclusion as to what this is all about. So here we go. There are many different types of building system out there. I'm only covering the main ones predominantly for um, residential and smaller commercial applications, uh, maybe up to five, six, seven storey type buildings. Uh, there are other types of system out there, including curtain walling and, and various other things off structural frames. I've not gone to that, I've just gone to the main traditional building types, if you like. Each of these systems has advantages and disadvantages, and I'll try and cover those off as we go through. Some are more suitable for certain circumstances than others, and we'll deal with that as we go through each one. Cost is not always a key driver, but it's useful to look at the costs, um, and inevitably costs are influenced by the location of the building, the style of the building and various other things as well. Speed could be a key driver um, and therefore some systems are going to be speedier than others. Um, we'll look at that and see how that applies. And then environmental con considerations need to be taken into account, particularly things like hurricanes, earthquakes, wildfires and all that sort of thing in terms of the robustness of the building that we are looking at. So moving on to the first one, which is concrete blocks. Probably one of the most common types of building materials that we uh, see around um, in many parts of the world. Uh, they're made up of three basic components, which are water, cement and aggregate. Uh, the concrete mix um, is then put together and, and put into a mould to form the blocks. Um, sometimes this is done under pressure as well. These walls are used to create walls. Very simple, very straightforward. The main advantages of using a concrete block is they are highly durable in most situations, but not all. Um, they can be en energy efficient in cold climates, depending on how they are treated. Um, they're resistant to, to insects and vermin. Generally, they are low maintenance. They can resist strong winds, but we need to make sure they are properly built and constructed, particularly if they have concrete um, infills in, in the gaps in the middle with reinforcement. Um, often, particularly for hurricane resistance, you need to make sure that the corner treatments are done and so that the building doesn't flex. They are fire resistant. They are practically sound, particularly as they're concrete infills, so there's a, a, a large critical mass there. They are manufactured off-site, so the quality of the blocks is, is, is guaranteed. However, they require a lot of, of uh, labour on site to erect. They are cheaper to rebuild, um, mainly because the blocks themselves are fairly cheap um, to, to, to acquire. 
Um, they can have different surface finishes in different colours, so they can be used for self-finish, particularly if they are a smooth surface rather than a rough finish. But obviously a rough finish it aids with putting finishes on them. As I say, they can have um, a coloured self-finish. I have done buildings with coloured self-finished block work. But it needs a lot of careful um, erection and time to do all the joints properly. But they can look quite effective on a self-finished um, basis. Disadvantage is that they can be prone to water damage, um, particularly if you're only using thin four or six inch walls, so water seepage can come into them. They are difficult to fix future problems, um, particularly with customs with a lot of concrete block work buildings um, in certain countries. The services tend to be buried in the middle of the block work. In some other countries, block work can be just used as an internal face to a a composite wall with a brick uh, and cavity basis. So in in that case, then it's not so pertinent. But where block work is used as the predominant um, skin to a building, um, we need to make sure that um, we're able to fix the future problems easily. Depending on the nature of it, they can be expensive because of the labour intensivity of of erecting the the block work. So if labour costs are high, then the building is going to be um, more expensive doesn't always have curb appeal, they can be boxy with their buildings and the finishes that go to them if you've done that very quick and easy building. Um, they can be uh, susceptible to water seepage over time, um, particularly if you've not got a waterproof render on the outside. Um, not suitable for some regional preferences, um, depending on where you are and the nature of it. Um, they can be compromised by windows and door openings, uh, affecting the, the structural integrity, so therefore that needs to be looked at carefully. And in high humidity environments such as the tropical areas, they can be susceptible to black mould um, if they're not treated correctly and uh, rendered and finished off correctly. Moving on to the next type, which is timber frame. Commonly used in the in, the Amer- in America, um, can be used for the whole house structure, including the cladding. Um, Walls and floors are constructed from small sectional studs and then clad with board products. So it it can be literally a one-stop-all solution to to building a building. The advantages. Um, They can, obviously, timber is recyclable. Um, And if you're sourcing it correctly, it's from a renewable source. So therefore, it can be sustainable and uh, eco-friendly. Low embodied energy if it's constructed in, in local timber, i.e. it's not brought in from huge distances away, um, either through shipping or road haulage. Um, reduce construction waste through efficient controlled manufacturing. If you're manufacturing panels and things like that, it can easily um, reduce waste. If it's all being constructed from um, single pieces of timber on site, then waste could be a problem. Low volume of, of, of waste on site require, requiring removal, again, if it's done uh, through structured um, panels and things like that. can be a quick build time, um, particularly if the, the crew know what they're doing. Um, and again, it can reduce site labour if necessary. It could be a reduced time to weather if you're getting the cladding done on the outside fairly quickly. And then you can do all the internal finishes and, and follow on afterwards, which then allows for earlier introduction of follow on trades. It can be built to exceed a 60-year life, um, particularly if the timber is treated properly. Um, And it can be energy efficient when insulated. It can have a fast heating um, due to low thermal mass, 
um, and it can have a reduced time on site. There can be engineered products which saves time and efficiency, um, and you can have uh, factory quality control in, in fabrication and things like that. Disadvantages, um, traditional procurement process could be long-winded if timber has to be sourced from elsewhere. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, there's an additional design and engineering time to make sure the, the, the building is structurally sound, particularly if it's a one-off. Modification of, modification of design, if based on, on masonry construction, can be challenging. Lack of experienced builders. Um, if you don't know what you're doing with doing a, a timber construction, it can be challenging. Um, it could be a lack of experience for follow-on trades, depending on how you, you, you're doing it. Fixing panels for sanitary wear and things like that could be a challenge. Um, transportation and, and carriage access could be a challenge, particularly if you're bringing in, in the timber from a distance away. Exposure to weather before it's enclosed could be a, an issue, particularly in um, inclement uh, climates or climates that are susceptible to large rainfall in certain times of the year. Work of following on trades could be a challenge if they don't know what they're doing. Um, there could be a deficiency of site quality control, uh, which could lead to all sorts of issues further on. Something to look at in terms of fire is combustibility of timber. A susceptibility to decay of timber through either weathering and also um, infestation of things like termites in certain parts of the world. Um, and acoustics could be a challenge because of its lightweightness. Um, therefore, um, you need to treat that appropriately with insulation and sound deadening materials. So that brings me on to insulated concrete form, or ICF. They are form, forms designed for cast-in-place reinforced concrete walls. They're effectively an H-shaped structure that allows for a concrete wall to be cast in between the layers of the insulation. Very similar to concrete blocks in some respects, obviously a lot, lightweight, m lot more lightweight. They are strong and sturdy systems. Uh, they have a wide variety of building types and ranges from residential to commercial to industrial. And they can be uh, taken up to multi-stories, up to seven stories and more if they're designed correctly. The blocks have varying widths from four inches um, concrete thickness up to eight or ten inches and can be very specific in terms of even wider if you're looking at major structural uh, requirements. The advantages of um, ICS systems, as it, it improves the structural strength of the final product, uses less concrete than traditional methods, primarily because the, the, the building system is integrated into the whole structure of the building, can save a considerable amount of time. I mean, it is possible to put up a simple three-storey building in a matter of days um, in terms of the basic structure. You can install all your plumbing and wiring in, inside, or you can do it on a surface fix, which is obviously a lot easier and better to do, and doesn't impact on the structural integrity of the building. It still uses um, steel re reinforcement to, to reinforce the structure, um, and the blocks allow for trays to, to, to fit the um, reinforcement in, so it's all in one type of system. So it's fairly easy and quick to put your reinforcement in there. It is very easy to erect, uh, with a semi-skilled team that is uh, trained in how to do this. Um, the structure can have a natural appearance and you are able to have curved blocks and various other things so you can have a lot more different aesthetic types to the building. It improves the indoor air quality because it's a sealed system. Uh, it helps to protect the concrete during curing which can affect 
be, be beneficial in hot climes and cold climes. Um, and the, the end result is very energy efficient, which has a significant impact on the energy use, um, either in heating or in cooler climes or in air conditioning in warmer climes. And it has significant uh, sound reduction and temperature stability. So it's got a lot of advantages as a system. Disadvantages, the cost of the actual ICF wall to start with uh, can be an issue, particularly if you're importing this or transporting it long distances. Because clearly it's a very lightweight product, um, but takes up a significant volume. So transporting it um, is not the most cost effective way, so it's better to have a plant nearby uh, the site where you're, you're, you're building in this. There is the whole process of bracing the walls for the concrete pour. Then if you're doing concrete walls, you've got formwork and all that sort of thing. Um, and you, you need to support the formwork and brace it at any rate. The rebar may not always work with the, with the plastic reinforcers and the design that you need to. So that needs to be taken into account during the design process. Um, the need to trim down blocks to make them, them fit correctly could be considered a, a disadvantage because they're not a one size fit all solution. However, it's very quick and easy to, to cut blocks down and the waste can easily be recycled back into future blocks. It can uh, still release the structure. There's an issue here if you don't release the structure too early where the concrete's not cured. So that is a bit disadvantage that you've got the props there for a while afterwards than you have with any normal concrete pouring structure at any rate. And the transportation, as I said earlier, of blocks can be an issue because they're bulky and you've got to put them into containers and transport them around. So that could be an issue in terms of cost and um, viability of the, of the system. So that brings me on to the next one, which is precast concrete. This is generated by casting concrete in reusable moulds or forms. Uh, it's produced in a controlled environment in a factory. So therefore, quality control can be quite high. Um, production is carried at ground floor level in the factory, so it's easier to, to um, manage and maintain, although you still need craneage for lifting the heavy panels afterwards. And you've got a bit, far better control over uh, material quality and workmanship, so therefore um, reinforcement placement is likely to be accurate and things like that. Forms used in the precast concrete plant can be reused a lot of times. So once you've done the, the initial investment, then you can um, reuse this multiple times. And there are many different types of precast concrete products. So you can go from walling systems to flooring systems, to um, beams which were infilled with blocks, to drainage products. There's a whole host of different precast concrete uh, facilities. So the main advantages to uh, precast concrete is it's a very rapid speed of erection. Um, therefore, there's a very rapid construction on site. Generally, you have good quality control, providing the workforce know what they're doing. Um, the entire building can be made of precast concrete walls, floors, beams, and all that sort of thing. So by and large, you have good quality control, um, good quality assurance, and all of that sort of thing. And you have um, significant uniformity over the whole product. High quality because of the control conditions in the factory. Um, it's, you can pre-stress so you can increase your, your load bearing capacity and that can easily be done. Um, and you can also post stress um, if you want to put a, a series of panels together um, to increase integrity and things like that. Inevitably, they are very durable. So there's long site um, life on, on site once they're built and they are a, a generally a safe construction platform.
because you've got reduced numbers of workforce and you've got mechanical means to put this all together. The disadvantages to precast concrete is they are very heavy members, so therefore you've got to have a lot of drainage. There are cambers in beams and slabs, so that has to be designed in correctly and you have to make sure you install that all the correct way. There are very small margins for errors, so the on-site crew really need to know what they are doing and how this is all put together. So there's a lot of planning and logistics in terms of how this is pulled together and how it's dealt with. Connections may be difficult, particularly if the, if the building is complex, so that needs to be taken into account. And there are very small margins for error, so therefore tolerances need to be looked at very carefully, particularly when you're starting off on site. Somewhat limited building design flexibility because of the moulds, so therefore a bit like concrete blocks, you can end up with boxy type structures. There is a high initial investment for all the uh, factory and the um, moulds and all of that sort of thing, um, but obviously once you've started off and you, you're producing, then that starts to ease. Modification can be challenging and difficult, um, particularly as inevitably the concrete is actually made to a very high density um, and therefore cutting and drilling into it can be challenging. Um, economics of scale demand regularly shaped buildings, which goes back to the whole look of the building. You really need to have repetition of forms, which will affect the building design and can restrict what you can do and, and, and various other things. Joints between the panels are often expensive and complicated, particularly trying to stop rain penetration and all of that sort of thing. You need a skilled workmanship um, is required to the application of the panels on site, so they really need to know what they're doing. As I said earlier, you need cranes to require to lift the panels and handling charges challenges. Transportation issues can be a, an issue, particularly in the Caribbean where you've got to um, barge them across between islands if you've only got one manufacturing plant. Um, and long distance transportation can be an issue. If you're very condensed to near the site um, or near the factory where the sites are, then those sorts of issues are, are less. Structurally insulated panels or SIPs as they are sometimes known. Structurally insulated panels are rigid panels of foam or polystyrene insulation that have been sandwiched and bonded between um, oriented stranded board or plywood or various other materials. They come as prefabricated boards which can simply be slotted together. They are very rigid, uh, very much in similar tone to uh, precast concrete panels, but obviously considerably lighter. There is less need for additional structure and beams if they are designed correctly. There is a long track record of these in certain countries and you can clad on the outside of the building with brick or something else, or you can apply direct uh, render and um, finishes. So again, these can be preformed to different shapes and sizes, and whole buildings can be built out of them. So if you know what you're doing, they can be a very useful and effective system. The advantages of SIPs is they are very strong due to the way they are made, and they are a laminated bonded uh, facility. Um, they are flexible as they can accommodate greater spans of walls. Unlike precast concrete, although they are panels, you can actually make the panels up um, to suit the design of the building, so therefore you've got more flexibility. And you don't have the moulds, um, which restrict you in terms of the size of panels that you've got. They can be manufactured off-site and simply craned into position, but because they're not so heavy, then the, the, the amount of craning you need is, is a lot less and a lot smaller. They're not prone to infestation from pests, 
they can be high, um, highly fire resistant if they are treated correctly. And they've got a good degree of quality control. Um, very good um, thermal performance, um, high levels of air tightness and insulation. Uh, so they can meet a lot of the standards like bream, lead, and even possibly um, air tightness under, the, under certain systems that um, allow, allow for that. Um, they can be seismic and hurricane resistant, so that uh, has a lot of advantages in certain areas of the world. Uh, they can reduce on-site construction times and requirements because they're just panel, panel systems and just craned in. So again, build time can be very effective. And if they're sourced from um, eco-friendly, sustainable um, products, they can be very eco-friendly. Construction requires minimal equipment and workforce. Uh, as I say, simple craneage, and they're, they're put together as much like a Meccano set. It can actually e very effectively and easily be put together. Disadvantages, um, they may require additional ventilation, depending on the, the system that you're doing. So if you're using passive house, then that's clearly not an issue. Uh, but you will need um, forced ventilation um, and, and things like that. Difficult to adapt later on because it's a panel system, but then a lot of the systems we've looked at have their restrictions in terms of how you adapt them later on. Finding professional builders with experience can be tricky, tricky unless this is used in a, um, commonly in the area that you're operating this in. Utilities can be run on the service, um, but they will need an extra layer of plasterboard or, or material to cover them up. Um, similar to um, ICFs in that respect, um, but the advantage of that is if you do it correctly, you can put ducts and easy access so you've got um, a lot easier to, to get at services later on should there be a problem or you need to change or adapt things later on. Um, take into account thermal bridging, uh, which is down to design, but then all the systems that we've talked about have those sorts of issues at any rate. Um, in some areas, durability and lifespan is unknown. Um, although they have been extensively used, they're still a relatively new system. They can be heavy and bulky, depending on the size of the panel, so that needs to be considered as part of the design process. Um, and you can have limited design options. So again, unlike ICF and some other systems, having curved and sophisticated design can be a bit more of a challenge. It can be a challenge with fire safety, um, depending on how you treat this, because clearly they are they are dealt with within terms of um, timber and things like that. And again, if they're not treated correctly, they can have insect and termite and rodent issues. It could be a, considered to be a, a lack of sufficient thermal mass if that is a requirement. So there we are. We've, we've covered off um, a few different types of building system, which I hope you found interesting. Some cost comparisons, again, this is very challenging to do um, because there are many uh, variables depending on where you are in the region, how far you've got to transport stuff and all of that sort of thing. But concrete blocks generally run at $180 to $200 a square foot. Precast concrete can be as low as 65 although I'm sceptical that it can actually be achieved at that level and range up to $195 a square foot. Um, ICF are typically run at 150 to 160 a square foot, primarily because of the speed of erection, which saves a lot of um, on-site prelims and things like that. Timber frame comes in at 120 to 180. So you've got a lot of consideration here, and there are some things to be looked at. So when you're looking at these different systems, we need very careful consideration as to what's required, 
um, and, and the benefits and pros and cons of each one. I'm not advising this. My personal favourite is insulated concrete form. Um, as I say, this is not advice. That's just my personal preference because I think there's a lot more flexibility of it. Um, it's very quick. It's got a lot of advantages in terms of thermal insulation for both hot and cl cold climates. Um, it has significant um, design flexibility, so you can get a lot of different designs out of it. Um, so that's my preferred option, but it's not necessarily the be-all and end-all. So um, I hope you found that very useful um, to give you some thoughts on how you should build your buildings. Um, if you want to find out more about me and, and connect with me, you can find me at ianjrogers.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the show and I really appreciate your support. I hope you found the episode interesting and managed to take at least one thing away to implement and improve the way you are undertaking or operating your property developments. Please subscribe, follow, share and like the show so I can spread the word further. Take care until next time. You can find me on ianjrogers.com if you want to find out further information about what I do or want to connect with me. And remember, when property is done properly, everybody wins. Oh,